what we hope to cover today is essentially the hopelessness of our current world. Um, if we're talking in reality, um, we're going to then say, well, who does have the solutions? We're going to say uh, God's message of hope through Jesus. And then we're going to have a quick look at how we can be a part of it. So just to perhaps highlight the hopelessness of our current world, um, I have a few slides here. Uh, some of these were given uh, from a couple of years ago, um, but it shows to us um, how uh, our news is constantly pointing out to us uh, awful things that are happening around the world, uh, things which make people feel uncertain, um, things that, which make people feel like they have to live in fear. Um, of course, um, this was uh, from back when uh, President Donald Trump uh, was in power, uh, and there's all sorts of uh, things going on with arms treaties, uh, and everybody uh, looks on and, you know, some people agree, some people disagree. Uh, and I think every, the only thing everyone agrees on um, is the fact that the world is in a very uh, shaky uh, situation. Uh, we talk about global arms trades and so on. Uh, people talk about um, how the world is spending all of this money on so-called defence. Um, and it's... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, we understand that um, it, it, if people were to live in harmony with each other, uh, that would not be necessary. But actually, uh, global arms trades uh, is, is a very real thing, uh, and it costs a, an awful lot of money for, for countries. Um, there's wars going on around the world, uh, Yemen civil war. Um, this is uh, some of those uh, figures which we've been talking about. Um, spending um, from 2016 um, in billions. You can see uh, the United States is a, an incredible spender um, on arms, um, and then followed by the rest of these countries, which you can see, China, Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia, India, France, United Kingdom, for example. Why are all these kingdoms uh, spending so much money um, on these uh, weapons, if you like, or these arms uh, trades? Uh, we think about um, the various warships which um, all these nations are trying to build um, to uh, establish their uh, prowess, if you like, um, in the world. If you can have an aircraft carrier, it's like telling people that you have a dominance um, in certain parts of the world. Um, not so long ago, we thought about uh, IS, which seems to have kind of died down a bit now. Uh, but that was something which was uh, a huge focus of the world, wasn't it? And uh, and made people uh, live in fear. Uh, uh, and there wasn't really a very easy resolution to any of these things. Uh, we can think about uh, climate catastrophes and uh, natural disasters, uh, forest fires, um, desertation, for example, and uh, various uh, phenomena that we see uh, with natural disasters, hurricanes, tsunamis, all of these things which people feel hopeless uh, to stop uh, and however hard we try, uh, we, we don't really know what the answer is. We can't really stop it. Some things are called acts of God. Um, other things are perhaps people think we can stop them, things like climate change. Um, but of course, getting the world to uh, reduce its carbon footprint uh, or, or so is the, the theory that would uh, reduce that uh, is a very difficult thing to do. Um, so we talk about... Um, undernutrition, we talk about war, we talk about uh, outbreaks of Ebola, for example, um, which are awful, awful things. 
and they are happening in the world uh, over the over the recent years. Um, and bringing it closely to today, then uh, we have the coronavirus. Of course, um, this is just a statistic I pulled off today, um, and uh, it's very very sad that we can see the cumulative deaths around the world is now getting towards four million, which is uh, a very uh, sad and shocking statistic. But we, the point I'm trying to make here um, is that uh, very, very sadly, um, we, we have this situation, but it doesn't seem to be uh, a very great um, answer to this. Of course, we've got a lot of us have had the vaccine now, probably, um, but uh, there keeps on uh, cropping up new variants. So we wonder how long our vaccines will actually be effective against these different strains. Um, so we live in fear, as it were, um, of the things which are happening in our world, or at least many people do. And then uh, just to mention uh, the recent uh, conflict uh, in Israel uh, with Palestine, I think what you can see on the right of the screen there is the rockets being fired from Gaza. And on the left is the Iron Dome missile defense system uh, from Israel, which is going up to stop these. Uh, and every time this happens, of course, um, then uh, people uh, all around the world uh, think that they have to chime in and, uh, uh, and comment on this conflict, which uh, it seems has been uh, ongoing for uh, so long, which it has. Um, and the, the point I'm trying to make is that all of these things are happening in the world around us. What is the solution? We've, they've been trying to get a solution to the Israel-Palestine conflict ever since the state of Israel began, it seems. Uh, but we think, or I suggest to you today, my friends, that the real solution will not happen until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. So who has the solutions then? Does the United Nations? That is what the uh, United Nations essentially was set up to achieve, wasn't it? Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, we have all of these problems. Bill and Melinda Gates have a foundation where they're trying to uh, tackle some of the world's problems, uh, probably more focused on humanitarian aid. Uh, XPRIZE, uh, this was something which was set up a few years ago, um, and it was a huge pot of money uh, which went into funding uh, developments um, in technology that were going to be able to help the world uh, with its problems, if you like. Uh, in other words, it's, it's an almost humanistic um, funding GoFundMe page. So uh, if you come up with a great solution, which is going to help people, these people will uh, help to fund you to do that. Uh, USAID, uh, you can think about all of the, 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 the money which is spent by uh, mostly Western countries, I believe, uh, in giving aid to uh, developing countries. Uh, and does it make a difference? Well, of course, it's, it, 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 it does make a difference, uh, but it doesn't stop the poverty. And that's the point we're trying to make. Uh, there is no real solution to all of this, even if everyone joined together in a globalist community, which we, we don't really think is going to happen, um, then it wouldn't solve the world's problems. Uh, and that's the point we're trying to make. So the UN has come up with some sustainable development goals, which it hopes to achieve by 2030. And it's the kind of things which you, you, you would usually expect uh, to end poverty, uh, to give everyone 
uh, enough food, um, to be able to give health care, to be able to give health education, uh, to be able to give peace and safety and so on. And you can see what all of these are. Uh, but what we're trying to highlight today is that really what the world needs is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, because he is the one that is going to solve the world's problems. So despite their best efforts, mankind does not have the answer. Uh, we suggest that humanism is not the answer. And this is just an interesting uh, statistic, which has been um, polled uh, from the uh, 1950s, um, to, uh, the beginning of the uh, United Nations, if you like. Um, and it only actually shows us up to uh, 2010 or so. Uh, but it's quite interesting. It shows us that people were very hopeful in the beginning. Um, and 55% of people uh, thought that the U UN was doing a good job. Um, but we can see that the gradual trend is that that has declined uh, to current day. And <laughs> I would uh, expect that if you were to run this poll again uh, for 2021, you would find that uh, people would be thinking, uh, is the UN doing a good job? Uh, I think it would be less than 27%. Uh, and again, um, just interestingly, I think um, there is this um, somewhat uh, sad um, comic post here, uh, which talks of all of these different conflicts. Um, and on the gravestones is written, never again, never again. Of course, the, uh, the, the sad irony of this is that each time it happened again. Uh, so in other words, the world is not learning from its problems. Um, it is uh, plagued, if you like, by uh, humans, uh, because it's humans and humanistic thinking that are basically causing all of these things to happen. It's human greed and it's human selfishness uh, and it's human emotions which are being, uh, causing all of these things to happen. Um, we're going to skip over that slide, but it's just interesting to see uh, perhaps um, the trend over time. Um, this is uh, an estimation since 1400 of global deaths in conflicts, and you can see that steady rise. Uh, and what it basically suggests to us is mankind certainly does not have the solutions. Things are getting worse rather than better. So this is why most people don't have trust um, in the organizations of mankind. And this is why people don't like to watch the news. They think it's too depressing. Um, of course, um, for, for a lot of us, we, we think, well, you know, uh, okay, okay, unfortunately, that might be, be the case. But hopefully, hopefully something will, will happen. That's what the people around us say, isn't it? Um, maybe modern technology will fix these things. Maybe going forward, things will get better. But really, I think if we're true to ourselves and we ask ourselves a question, do we really think that's going to happen? Then the answer is no. Mankind does not have the solutions. Einstein said the most important decision a man will ever make is whether he lives in a friendly universe. Since I spend my days with people committed to changing the world, I can tell you that Einstein's words, words are fundamental uh, to entre entrepreneurship. This is somebody talking about Einstein's words. Uh, and in innovation, great leaders believe they live in a friendly universe. They believe the world is conspiring to make it successful. What about you? If not, perhaps you're watching too much news. And of course, the point I'm trying to make here is that the person quote, uh, commenting on Einstein's words here is saying, well, unless, unless you 
believe with the rest of the world that you're living in a friendly universe, then there's really no hope. But uh, we know, of course, the world doesn't have um, its own answers. It doesn't, uh, um, it doesn't be friendly, if you like, to all of its neighbours. Um, so I don't think that we are living in a friendly universe. But it's interesting to see that the Bible has never misled us um, on these things. It has never encouraged false expectations. In fact, in Jeremiah, it tells us that thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. The Bible specifically says, don't put your trust in man. It specifically says, well, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He is going to be like a tree planted by waters and that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. When the problems come, the heat comes, her leaf will be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So in other words, it says you're, you're going to be OK if you trust in God. But if you don't trust in God, you're not going to be OK. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that really summarizes, doesn't it, the problem of the world. The heart of mankind is deceitful. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's mankind which has caused all of these problems. And again, in, in Luke 21, um, the Lord Jesus Christ prophesied about the inner thoughts of man and uh, in what is described as the latter days. And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what will be the sign when these things shall come to pass? And they asked him, uh, sorry, and verse 25, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. So we see, don't we, how that these disciples are asking the master when all of these things are going to happen. And Christ says, well, there's going to be distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves, the nations, if you like, are going to be roaring. There's not going to be harmony. There's not going to be peace, if you like. There's going to be a lot of commotion. Men's hearts will fail them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Seems to have broken. Okay. And if we look at that word there, uh, perplexity, means a state of quandary. This is what people are going to feel like. These are, this is what people are going to feel like in the latter days. And we would suggest that that is today. They're going to feel hopeless. They're going to feel perplexed. They're going to feel like there's no answer. There's no way to get out of the awful situation that the world is in. And that's exactly what we see, isn't it, friends? So who has the solution? Well, again, Psalms tells us, as we saw before, not mankind. Surely men of low degree are vanity and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. It is better to trust in the Lord, Psalm 118 says, than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Again, we see that in Psalm 146. Happy, then, it says, 
is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Again, in Lamentations chapter 3, uh, the Bible says that trusting in God gives us hope in a hopeless world. And Jeremiah, um, who wrote Lamentations, is a prophet who seemingly lost everything. What does he say? And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord, remembering my affliction, my misery. Well, this I call to my mind, and therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. So this man who lost everything, if you like, who's in affliction and misery, what does he recall to mind? He recalls to mind the hope of the Lord God. He says, they are new every morning, and great is God's faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore I will hope in him. The Lord is good to them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. So the Bible tells us what we need to be putting our hope and our trust in is the Lord God and his salvation. So what is the hope that God offers them? Well, it's the hope through Jesus Christ, the hope of the faithful that since the beginning, beginning of time. And that is the hope of resurrection and life in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men with this world's problems but a different one, as we'll see. So we won't go into it too much now, but if we were to look at Acts chapter 2 uh, and verses 22 to 39, we would see a little bit about what that hope was or is. And it talks there about how uh, David, and it quotes Psalm 16, said... Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, and moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. So it talks there in Acts 2 um, of a quotation of David talking about his flesh resting in hope. And they make the point, well, how is this possible? Because David is long dead. How is his flesh able to rest in hope? Well, he's able to rest in hope uh, because of the promises and the faith uh, that David had. It says, therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. So it's talking about the hope of the faithful, the hope to be not left in the grave, but to be raised to life in the kingdom of God. And the people hearing this, were pricked in their hearts when they realized uh, what they had done to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say, well, what shall we do to, to the apostles that were teaching them? This is the Jews. And they said, well, what, what shall we do? What do we need to do to be saved, in other words? And Peter says, well, you need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Because that's what the hope of God is. And all about, it's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, for the remission of your sins... And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And we've we've already touched, haven't we, on the fact that uh, the promise, uh, the, the, the hope is, is life in the kingdom of God, a kingdom which has not got uh, this world's problems, but is uh, a kingdom where Jesus is king and he has solved this world's problems. And we're, I'm going to ask you to tune in again another time uh, for purposes of time. We don't have 
we can't do it today, but uh, the Apostle Paul in Acts 26 expounds on what that hope is. And he talks about the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. And you can look at the promises made to the fathers. Uh, you can even go back as far as Adam and Eve, uh, but especially Abraham and the patriarchs, um, how that it was the land and the sea that was promised to them, the land uh, of Israel from which would go forth a law um, in the kingdom of God. And that is uh, something which we're able to be a part of is this kingdom of God. Uh, and the promises to David talk to us about how this, his seat would sit on his throne. That's the Lord Jesus Christ, who is going to be king in the kingdom of God and how that he was going to rule over all the world and that that would necessitate um, as a resurrection from the dead so that those faithful, both alive and dead, at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ are able to have a hope in that kingdom. So it talks to us about the resurrection of life Resurrection and life in kingdom of God, not kingdom of men with this world's problems, but Jesus will be king and he will reign righteously. And the world has never experienced this before. So it's interesting then for us to just think back to what we were talking about a few moments ago with those sustainable development goals uh, provided by the UN. That's what they hope to achieve, but I suggest they will never achieve it. But the Bible says Jesus will. It says this is the hope, and this is exactly the same goals, if you like, or many of them are the same goals, that the Bible says that Jesus will implement when he comes again to set up God's kingdom. Just look at it. Isaiah chapter 2. The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow unto it. And many people shall go and say, come and let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nathan sh nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. It's going to be a time for education for all, but it's going to be an education in righteousness. How wonderful. And it's going to be a kingdom of peace. There is no more, no more going to be any warring nations in the same way we see now. It also tells us that, that Christ will be a righteous king. In Isaiah 11, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Well, isn't this a wonderful thing for us to look forward to? How that there won't be any uh, earthly rulers anymore in the, in the same way that we have them now. People who are influenced by their own greed and lusts and desires. Actually, there will be a righteous king who will make righteous laws, who will judge righteously. Surely that's something that everybody would want. There's going to be righteous and equal judgment. There's going to be true justice. It was not going to be influenced by greed and selfish ambitions seen in mankind today. We see that in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 3 and 4 and 5. And shall make him a quick understanding, we read, in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither approve after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and reprove, reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. 
and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the excuse me, the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And we see this is something the world has never seen before. It's a it's it's a king who will reign in righteousness, a king who will have all power. But the people with all power we know today, we call them dictators. Those dictatorships are often awful places because they are dictators of men, aren't they? And they have their own selfish greed and lusts. But imagine one who actually was all about uh, giving God glory and judging righteously and judging with equity. Wouldn't that be amazing? There's going to be a change in our mortality and our suffering. It's going to be a time of rest and fruitfulness. There's going to be no more that hunger and starvation that we see today um, for the righteous. In Isaiah 65 and verse 20 and 21. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, it says, nor an old man that have not filled his days. For the child shall die a hundred years old. But the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. It will be a time of salvation. Isaiah 35, strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. So what do we see? We see the ailments we suffer today removed, won't be the same. The land will be fruitful. It'll be a time of rest and fruitfulness. So coming on to, towards the end then of our, of our study today, how can we be a part of this? I mean, if you don't want to be a part of this, then I have to ask you why that is. This is an incredible hope that God has offered. Surely we all want to be a part of it. And we're told in Galatians, well, Abraham, one of the patriarchs who the promises were given to, what about him? Well, what was remarkable about him? Well, it was that he believed God. And because he believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. And it goes on to say, well, therefore, they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel. Isn't that interesting? The gospel unto Abraham saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So the Bible tells us we can be a part of this. We can be a part of the promises made to Abraham. Because if we have faith like Abraham did, and it was his faith which was counted to him for righteousness, then we can be heirs together with him of the same promises. And that's the land of Israel uh, and Christ, his seed. Let's just see that again. If you read down later in, in Galatians chapter 3, in verses 26 to 29, it tells us there, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither then Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. What is there then? There is all one 
in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So it tells us you, you can have the same hope as Abraham. You can have the same promises given to you if you like. Or you can, you can be partaker of the same promise if you have the same faith. So understanding that if we have the faith of Abraham concerning the hope of the gospel, which is the hope of Israel, based on the promises to the fathers, let's just close by looking at Ephesians chapter 2, which tells us how we can partake of the same hope. It tells us there, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. It says being Gentiles and, uh, and being in the world, you're without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise. What have you got? No hope, says the Bible, having no hope. And without God in the world, You're just like an animal, if you like. But what then? It tells us in Christ Jesus. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometime afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off. Are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So, my friends, there is a hope in this hopeless world. It's the hope of eternal life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. A hope of life in God's kingdom. His kingdom will have a righteous king, and the problems we see in the world today will no longer we be will no longer be seen. The question is that we have to answer: Do we want to be there? Thank you. You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by ChristadelphianVideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at btf at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.